2: Along with Mike sealski I'm Glenn Mack. Now Saturday morning, 94 WFP. Eagles against the New York Giants tomorrow, 4:25. Eagles need to win in order to get the one seed in the playoffs. Well, let's see what people think. Um, I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to go to Joe first. Okay. He's going to the game tomorrow. Joe, what
3: are you thinking? Hey, how you doing, guys? All right, I'm hey thinking, Joe. I'm thinking for a big win.
4: Why are you so confident?
3: Well, I'll tell you why, because uh, the only two games they lost at home, I'm a season ticket holder, Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't at, I've been at every other big game, and I'm bringing my youngest son, well, I'm bringing both my sons, but my youngest son, Matthew, is our good luck charm for the Eagles. He's a huge fan, especially for the defense, and uh, what do you think, Matthew? He's thinking 35 to 10 Eagles.
2: 35 to 10. Wow. Okay. Well, we would, we would we would, all be delighted with that. I've kind of done the matchups and the game plans. I don't know that that's exactly going to be the thing that, that we, swings it. But we listen, did
4: not take the Joe and Matthew
2: factor into consideration. Hey, guess who we have on the line? First of all, Cindy, hang in because we want to get you. She's an ER nurse. But I think if we are told correctly, mm-hmm. this gentleman, Vince. Vince, are you the guy we were talking about before?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Vince the uh, Mummer Doctor from the Brain or from that day. Mummer wow. <laughs> wow.
2: Mummer Doctor. Mummer Doctor. You don't get great. that
3: one too often.
2: No. But no,
3: no, that's a new thing for me. All
2: right. So first, tell us a little bit about you, your background, where you work, what's what's your story?
3: Yeah, so you know, I was uh, born in South Philly, uh, grew up in Washington Township in South Jersey. Um, you know, been a diehard Philadelphia sports fan my whole life. Um, yeah, I went to you know, undergrad at Penn State, um, med school at Rowan, South Jersey, and uh, i been living back in the city for like the last, not like six years.
2: And you're, uh, you're an ER doc
3: where? At Einstein in North Philadelphia. Nice. Wow.
2: Very nice. So you are
3: at the game,
2: New Year's Day. Uh, I guess you had come from the parade. Is that what's going on?
3: Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, you know, walking in the parade in the morning. Uh, I walk with, uh, Carol Leone, uh, Wench Brigade every year um so I was like yeah well, we walked in three I went down the whole broad street
5: only the in Philadelphia the only in Philadelphia yes.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Let's yeah, say oh, it yeah. again,
2: Mike.
4: <laughs> yeah so so Vince kind of if you can kind of put us there when this happens what, what did you when did you know it was happening how did you get there to help uh, just kind of take us through it
3: yeah yeah so you know I uh out the game I'm like pretty locked into the game and uh Kind of heard some commotion going on in like the upper upper part of the stands. Um, my girlfriend was actually with me at the time, kind of started nudging me on the shoulder. Because, uh, you know, at first I'm ignoring it, I'm like, ah, oh, there's like just some some drunk guy up there or something. <laughs> um, she starts nudging her shoulder like, hey, I think someone's like kind of hurt up there. You should go check it out. And then uh, and I kinda, at that point, it's kind of like walked up uh, to everyone up there. And uh, like security was all huddled around him. Uh, like a lot of convincing to tell them that I was actually a doctor. Uh, you know, with like the like, I got like the pit vipers on, like you know, it's, like pink and blue dress, like oh my <laughs> I got, like, god, rainbow face right on. They're like, they're basically like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, walking up.
4: <laughs> no, seriously, I'm a doctor. So yeah, what was yeah, it? What, what, what
3: did
2: what did you see? What had happened to this gentleman?
3: So I mean, you know, we, we kind of walk up. Uh, you know, the the, the nurse Natalie had actually she beat me there. She was like the first one there. Um, we this guy's like you know, kind of his heels over his head, like laying down on like the Kind of all tangled in the guardrail. Um, you know, he's like laying down. We, we you know, got, got some security to kind of sit him up like a little more, like, you know, like I guess like parallel with the steps. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like where everything was. He was like kind of blue. He wasn't really breathing. He had like blood coming out of his mouth. Uh, not like, you know, not a great scene to walk up to.
2: No. So CPR, what'd you have to do?
3: Yeah. So, you know, I think at uh, like, this point kind of like kicked into work mode a little bit. Um, you know, me and Natalie kind of started, like, assessing them and going from there. Uh, we kind of determined he really didn't have like, a good pulse or any. So, you know, we told security to get, like, paramedics over. Uh, she started doing CPR. She goes for, like, a minute and a half. Then I start doing CPR for a little bit. Thankfully, by, like, the end of it, he, like, kind of started getting the color back in his face and started waking up a little bit. Uh, you know, started breathing again and started looking a lot better.
4: Vince, I have to ask, and, and uh, uh, this is not a judgy kind of question, but had you had any beers at the game like if this had happened later in the game you might have been you know it
3: was a festive day
2: yeah so. you know yeah, i
4: mean
3: I, I could say you know like the, the majority of that day as a mummer as most people know that happens at like the second street uh parade you know more or less mm. uh i think if something like that might have happened uh you know later in the day i'd, I'd probably be in a considerably uh you know worse condition. let's say but <laughs> frankly at that point you know uh, i was i was okay at that point
2: well, I got to tell, you, I really admire you, and I really admire what you do. Um, Thank you. Vince. Yeah, I, Thank I, you. I have a son who's an ER doc, mm-hmm. and he's, right. and he has told me he's a pediatric ER doc, but you know has a training overall. And he told me there was a situation last year where he was in a plane, and they did the famous "Is there a doctor on the plane?" Yeah. And and you guys, you know, you can be in your in your mummer regalia and maybe have had a beer or two, but when it comes time to kick in, you kicked in and. Good for you. And the nurse, Natalie, do you know her last name, perchance?
3: Uh, you know, I, I, I let me see. I might have. I, I don't know her last name. I certainly uh, want to
2: compliment treatment. her as yeah, well. As well. Yeah, no,
3: no. I mean, she's like as much credit as yep. I do for this. You know, it's like, it was nice to have just another medical professional there. Hey, man. Uh, That kind of knows what's going on.
2: <laughs> Good work by you, and, and we salute you.
3: Thank w- you. Well
2: done, Vince. Right, thanks for calling. It's a hell of a story. Yeah, That's, thanks,
3: guys. <laughs> yep, you bet.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. It's, a, it's just truly amazing what people can do and will do when called upon yeah. like that, yep. just to help. All
2: right, let's talk to Cindy, who's
4: an ER nurse. Hey, Cindy.
6: Hey, what's up?
2: Thanks for calling in.
6: Hey, no problem. Um, it was great listening to your show. I love the uh, the mummer's uh, physician. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: Um, I love the fact, back. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I love the point where, like, he goes up there and says, can I help? Nope. <laughs> and the people who are with this poor guy who keeled over are thinking, like, you're wearing a wench dress, and you have rainbow makeup on your face.
4: Maybe go back to your seat. But he was the oh, hero. Know. Hey, help comes in all forms, all shapes and Absolutely. sizes. Go and, ahead, Cindy.
6: And you've got to be at the right place and the right time.
4: That's exactly That's right.
6: That's kind of where my situation was. My husband and I, when they used to have Ralph's uh, restaurant in South Philly up at the Sheraton in King of Prussia, we were leaving, there. this is probably about eight or nine years ago, and the side of the shirt, and there was a crowd of people. So I said to my husband, ah, let's see what's going on. And my husband's like, really? So we ran up there, and there was a guy collapsed on the ground. And um, I'm sorry. Hello? That's okay. We're That's with
2: okay. you. We got you. Okay. I know. You got your car alarm yeah. and thing going <laughs> off. We understand. yeah, yeah. Focus, yeah. focus. So,
6: Stay with yeah, us. Yeah, so this guy's collapsed on the ground. There's a crowd of people standing around him. No one's doing anything. I check for a pulse. There's no pulse. I start CPR. And I say, can somebody go grab an AED? Because it was a hotel. I just assumed they had one. Mm. They did. They brought it to me. I applied it and shocked them, defibrillated them, and got a pulse right back. So then he started breathing on his own. Well, by that time, EMS had gotten there, so they took over. So I called where I, I work at Phoenixville Hospital, which is probably the closest mm-hmm. hospital to where he's at. So I called the ER because I work there. And I said, hey, listen, you might be getting a post-cardiac arrest. Well, by the time they got to the hospital, he was sitting up talking. Wow. Um, apparently, looked great. So I went to see him up in the ICU the following day, and here his daughter worked, at the, worked there as well and was very pregnant with his first grandchild. Oh, wow. oh, my God. And this was right, like, around Christmas time. And I said, you know what? The big man upstairs wants you to stick around and see that your grandchild and they were very nice and very appreciative. He says, yeah, my chest is still a little sore. I said, ooh, sorry about
2: that. Uh, you did wow. the right thing, and, and that's, great job, that's a great Cindy. story. Thank you for Thank that.
4: Thank you for that, Cindy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wonder how I, often I, something I, like this happens and uh, we don't hear about it.
2: Uh, well, uh, more often than you think. One of the um, one of the interesting things of this, uh, and I know the Inquirer did a piece on Bo Kimball earlier mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, Ray Dinger and I had had Bo on for Tell Us Your Story. And, of mm-hmm. course, Bo was the teammate and best friend of Hank Gathers. Yeah who collapsed and died during that game. I think it was 1990. Nineteen ninety, Yeah. Yep. And one of the things that Bo Kimball has gone on to do is make it his mission to have the equipment mm-hmm. as, as many places as he can, which is high school stadiums yep. and gyms and you know other places where people will gather where if somebody the, – the fortunate thing about what happened in Cincinnati is it happened during an NFL game because – all of that stuff, as you can imagine, is there.
4: It's there at the state. It's reviewed before every game. They take an hour to go over if-then scenarios. All of it. So, as you kind of said, Glenn, if that's going to happen, there are a few better places to have it happen than right. at an NFL stadium,
2: right? You know, you don't know about uh, high school games right. and other, you know, just places where it could happen at any point. So, I really admire uh, what Bo has done for that. I want to just say one other thing uh, before we hit the next break, which is. As you know, I grew up in Buffalo, Mm -hmm. right? And it's been a long time since I've lived in Buffalo. I mean, most of my life, not since I graduated college, but it's my roots. Mm -hmm. And I still have family and friends who live there. And um, having lived in that city, I can tell you, Mike, the relationship between the Bills and that town is so, so tight. It's, Mm -hmm. It's the second smallest city in the NFL to Green Bay. And the Bills mean everything to yeah. that to those residents. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagle fan base and the relationship between the Eagles and, this, and the fans in this city is unbelievable. It's superb. Now imagine that same relationship if the city was like a quarter of the size of Philadelphia, but you still had the
4: team. It's a higher concentration Philadelphia in yes. some ways.
2: Yes. And um, they play the Patriots there tomorrow. Yeah. The energy there is going to be incredible. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can say that – you, you have to say that a tragedy is going to coalesce a team or, or better said – I mean, I, I, I don't want to get into like the Bills are going to win because of this, but the Bills are going to be playing for so much tomorrow mm-hmm. and not just for playoff seating. Buffalo has been through so much yeah. in the last year. Um, they had a mass murder by a racist gunman in a supermarket mm-hmm. in the last six months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, horrible. They had just, as you know, Christmas Eve, the most horrible snowstorm in the history of a city that is used to horrible snowstorms, yep. killed 40 residents. Yes. Still digging out from that. Um, they had this horrible thing happen to Hamlin this week. And just uh, yesterday, I think it was, their longtime radio announcer, a guy named John Murphy, a local legend, like our mm-hmm. like our radio guys are yeah, part, like,
4: right. part of us. They're Buffalo's Merrill Reese.
2: Yeah, had a stroke, oh. uh, and he's out, and, and this is a city, you know, Buffalo takes a lot of shots, mm-hmm. right? Buffalo ain't that cosmopolitan. It's not an international city. It can't keep up with cities like Philadelphia, Boston, New York, L.A., whatever. It's Buffalo. Mm-hmm. People make fun of it, but it is a tight-knit town of great people and great neighbors, and they love their bills. Yes. And what this has meant to that town, I cannot overstate it. I don't really know why I brought that all up, but- That's my roots.
4: No, it was well said. Uh, I think you're 100% right. I think, you know, as I said, it's a a higher concentration Philadelphia in a way because, you know, you left this part out. Sports is so much a part of the culture here. It is that much a part of the culture in Buffalo. I've spent enough time up there and have enough friends up there to be at least a little familiar uh, with what it's like up there. They have the Bills. They have the Buffalo Sabers.
2: They haven't made the playoffs in 20 years. Exactly. You know, it's
4: it's always that thing where, as much as we might lament as sports fans and sports followers in Philadelphia, oh, that you know this team hasn't won in forever. This that team hasn't won in forever. Man, th- just as sports fans, take away everything you just mentioned. Just as sports fans, they've suffered a ton.
2: And you know, if I one other thing It's like people say, like, oh, sports means too much. Why do people care so much about? Sports? What is it? it's just a bunch of guys putting on outfits and running around. In a town like Philadelphia, it is one thing that really brings us together, mm-hmm. right? We have great colleges, institutions, cultural institutions, and so on, but people don't paint their face for the museum. Right. People get together and, and I'm getting into stuff. Um, Rich and poor and black and white and yep. suburban and city it's the, and it's educated great and working class. It's the great unifier. It, and in Buffalo, it is that and more. Their bills are what they are. It is the identity of the city. When there was thought a few years ago that the bills were going to leave, that yeah. they're going to go to Toronto, it would have ripped that city's heart out. Mm-hmm. So when something like this happens to one of theirs, I I, I wish I could watch that game tomorrow. Yeah. I can't. I'm doing the pregame show. I got my show
4: tomorrow morning with Jody. Uh, th- it's that gonna,
2: stadium... It, in, in Buffalo is gonna be insane. It's gonna be
4: a goose pimple kind of moment. It, it really will. And I hope the Bill I'll say it, I hope the Bills win. I do. I think everybody does, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And plus it's, and it's good they're Belichick. playing Yeah, I was gonna say it's good they're playing the Patriots. They have easy easy villains. Yeah, everybody there, right? knows that enemy. Let's get Andy before the break. Hey Andy.
7: Hey, how are you? All right. Hi uh, Andy. So a couple of things. Uh first of all I grew up in Syracuse, New York, not too far from Buffalo. Yeah. In 19, 1969, a friend of my mom's uh, offered me a chance. I was a kid. I was eight years old. Said, "Hey, how would you like to see the Buffalo Bills play?" And I said, "Gee, that would be great." Mm-hmm. And we called my dad. My dad was you know, working, and he was an old NFL guy and had no no interest at all in going to see an AFL game. Got oh to wow. wow!
2: Yeah, please, so second my class. Mom,
7: I said, "Mom, I really want to go." And my mom did what she had to do. And of course, my dad. <clears throat> took me to the game. And we went to see the the Bills play in War Memorial Stadium. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah. My dad loved it. Oh wow. My dad went nuts. And he bought season tickets and we had season tickets for the next 20 years. There so you go. we did that A lot of O.J. back in those yeah. days.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So anyway,
7: back in back in 2001, I'm listening to you guys and I hear Gary call and I I I thought Geez, I think that I saw that guy. I was in the Carrier Dome. In, Oct- in October, September of 2001, when Syracuse played Auburn, mm-hmm. I go to all the Syracuse football games, and I happen to have my field glasses on a referee, and the referee does a nose plant, goes straight down. I said mm-hmm. to my dad, you won't believe this. That guy just went down. And that was the situation. He's yeah. the guy who wow. just called you. It must make you feel
2: good to know that he's you know with us walking the yeah. earth.
7: Unbelievable to me that I hear that because I was thinking about that, and I hear this out of the corner of my ear, this guy, and I'm thinking, I can't believe it's that guy. And uh, I do have to know Tim Neal the the fellow who was oh wow. wow helped save him and that was that was an amazing moment and I was surprised that no one had talked about that in this context so it's it's remarkable that he calls in and I hear it it's just nice unbelievable hey so, nice to hear anyway. from you Andy Andy thank yeah. you
4: so much for the call that was that was great you know and we're experiencing right now what we were just talking about about sports being able to Connect people and yep. because it, it takes you in so many different places and draws in so many different people. Absolutely.
2: All right. Coming up, we are going to talk about you. You actually
4: found a TV show. This a show, a series. Uh, it's mentioned? a it's a series. It's kind of a reality TV series, but in the best way possible. In the best way possible, Glenn. I will just tease you with that, and then we'll come back and discuss it. I know
2: break. you got our producer to fall in love with it. So well, we'll that's move easy.
4: Move He's the... yeah,
2: Kyle's easy. <laughs> He's got you low know. standards.
7: You are an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> We've
2: all been called worse. Two on five, five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's right. You're going to get people like that. I'm going to try to get people to like something a little, a little bit of a tougher sell. Well, we'll see how we do. All right, uh, Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack. Now looking for your calls. Hey, when you bring up banking, most business people roll their eyes. I can tell you, Meridian Bank customers they don't feel that way. I'm sure Meridian business bankers do the loan thing and they offer guidance on making your business more successful, but. Meridian also puts on great customer events, both educational and social, and they're a super group of people to be around. All right. What we're watching is sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Window's big winter sale through January. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. dot going to ask our callers to hang in because we're going to discuss some TV. And you're going to try to sell me on a reality show. I got to tell you, I hate reality shows.
4: I understand where you're coming from. And give me a minute because, as I said, this is kind of the best possible iteration of a reality show you can have. So the show that I've been watching with my wife, Kate, and my two sons, Evan and Gabe, who are 11 and Mm 8, recommended by friends of ours, is called Alone. And it's been on the History Channel for a while now. And we've gotten into seasons 8 and 9. And here's the premise of the show. They take 10 people who are... You don't want to say survivalists, but they're outdoors people. They like camping. They like living off the land. They, you know, camp and hunt and fish and do all these things. And they drop them each individually into an area of forest or woods. In season eight, the one that we're really into, they're dropped uh, at Chilco Lake in British Columbia. Mm. Each of them is, as the title of the show suggests, alone. And they, each one has to try to survive in the wilderness as long as he or she possibly can. And whoever holds out the longest wins half a million dollars. So the reason I say it's got it's a good reality show is that the thing that makes reality TV so lousy to watch, in my opinion, is the interaction of these people who are on the show with each other. They end up you know staging fights and it gets petty and all this yeah, stuff the well, conniving
2: and all of that. and this is
4: well e- each of these people are by themselves mm. so they're talking to a camera that they have with them a la tom hanks in Castaway <laughs> with the volleyball wilson <laughs> yeah but otherwise they have to build their own hut or domicile fire fire catch their own food or eat onions that they bring up from the ground uh, Jeez, how long would you last there? Oh, maybe 48 hours if I oh, were I lucky. I was going to say I'd last six hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at Chilco Lake in British Columbia, there are grizzly bears that they have to avoid. Ooh. Yeah. And there's deer that, you know, one of the, one of the guys who's by himself uh, shoots a deer with a bow and arrow, and he can eat for the next couple of days. Um, and it's really interesting and kind of fun to watch. How do these people survive out there what what do they do how do they talk about it the isolation the loneliness it's kind of deep in some ways and it makes you think like as you just said glenn how would i handle something like this the um, name of the show is alone what network alone. it is uh the season eight that we're watching now is on netflix okay the following season they've already got one out there where they go to uh labrador canada like far northeastern canada oh. is on amazon prime so okay the 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 season that we're watching now netflix alone i give it three and a half stars it's the kind of thing that your entire family can watch kids can watch it adults can watch it uh as i said my sons are 11 and 8 and they are totally into it all right so you are watching it huh
1: yeah i uh, just started it at the uh well i saw mike's email yesterday it said he was watching alone and i had uh, some free time i decided to check it out and i'm with mike i think it's uh, it's not your typical reality tv show in which uh you're you're dealing with drama between people right as mike mm-hmm. said yeah it's contrived show. drama right, which ex- is problem, exactly right. correct and uh er, the weather Literally alone, as, as the title of the show suggests, their only company is their camera. You're really getting a glimpse into their thoughts, their fears, uh, and, and I just think it's really cool to see the way different ways in which some of these people break. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's hunger. It's legitimate fear uh, for their lives. It's, it's, it's missing loneliness. their families. Right. It's- in one case, it's a guy who literally dropped one of the tools that he brought with him in the water and was no longer going to be able to sustain a fire. So he's like, "Well, I have to go." So really, their their like last failsafe is to call like the rescue team to come get them out. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, it's, it's legitimate reality. All right.
2: Well, so you didn't go for the show that I said I was going to watch this week, eh? No, not yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm getting to uh, it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I bet. So that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Not sure I'll watch it, but it sounds good. Mine is going to be a little bit of a tougher sell. Okay. Uh, and it's called Come From Away on Apple TV. And I know this this does not sound like the stuff of a feel-good Broadway musical, but here's the setup. September 11, 2001, 7,000 stranded airline passengers, passengers in the air have to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, 9-11 is what I'm talking about. And they all land in a tiny Canadian town on Newfoundland, um, you, the to, far to, eastern edge of Canada. To be clear,
4: this actually happened.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo. This is yes. based on what, what actually happened. Right. Um, doubling the population of this little town. What was the name of the town? was Gander, Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. Um, And what the people on the plane didn't know at the time was why their planes were diverted, what was happening. They were unaware of Mm 9-11. They're on a plane, and the pilot says, we can't land in New York. We are going somewhere. They didn't even know where they were. Uh, There are planes from all over. Some people don't speak English. Uh, They're all strangers to each other. Confusion reigns, but... Kindness kicks in because when they land in Newfoundland, the locals in this town open their homes, offer food, clothing, diapers, beds, everything that people could need when they're all disoriented. And from this story, this real story of something that actually happened, they made the Broadway musical Come From Away, uh, won a lot of awards, been around for a couple of years. They filmed the actual musical. Mm -hmm. Like if you've seen Hamilton, they filmed the actual Hamilton and put it on TV. It's been on for a little while. I just caught up with it because the play is coming to the Kimmel next month, and I'm seeing the play next month with my wife at the Kimmel, and I wanted to see it maybe before that, so we saw this on Apple TV, um, and it's great. It's a 9 out of 10. Wow. It is fantastic. Maybe a 10 out of 10 and part of it is because more than 20 years later these these caring gestures these 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 nice people in Canada who are exactly like you would expect Canadian mm-hmm. small town people to be <laughs> right they're talking they're all these awe shucks people talking about hockey and whiskey and a moose mm. blocking the road and all that <laughs> stuff just kind of took in all these strangers mm-hmm. and in a horrible moment created this beautiful thing um and by the way, I never knew, side side story, I never knew, like, why were all the planes diverted to Newfoundland? Mm. The answer is because that's the furthest eastern point of North America. So back in the day, when planes from the West Coast or even uh, the middle of the country couldn't fly all the way across the Atlantic without refueling, they built this airport just basically so planes could land there and refuel. Mm-hmm. And now it's mostly empty. Yeah. And so on 9-11, it became one of the most important places in the world. Again, I know a musical about the aftermath of 9-11 may sound like, you know, Eat Your Vegetables Mm -hmm. TV, but it's great and it's fun and it's funny and you should watch it. Uh, It is on Apple TV+. plus. It's called Come From Away and
4: you will enjoy it. You know, it's funny, Glenn. Did I I, I sell it? I think you did a great job selling it. It just occurred to me while you were describing it, you know, as you said, it doesn't sound like the kind of thing that you would make a Broadway musical out of, but then the most successful Broadway musical of at least the last quarter century was about an assassination of right, one of it, the founding fathers. Right, in 1820. Yeah. A historical moment in
2: 1820. Right. So this is this is just great. So Kyle, are you going to watch it? Uh, no, you're not. No, that's okay.
1: <laughs> I'm not a big musical guy, that's all. Well, I... There's nothing wrong with liking musicals, Kyle. It, it, that's not... The I r- felt
2: that way until I started
1: acting. Yeah, I'm not adamantly against musicals. I've just never really I know. seen or watched one that I enjoy. I tell you what, I mean, I'd make a deal. Okay. All right.
2: If you watch this thing...
1: I'm already out. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
2: And don't like it. Okay. I will. What will I do?
4: Ooh, here you go. Another. St- I mean, stup- I'm already stup- going to
2: owe him dinner at Ralph's. So Stupid what musical bet. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> if he doesn't like it, what, 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 what could I give you that would, you know, about four hundred dollars? No, forget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll think of something. Uh, let's go to Tom, Tom in Downingtown. Tom, you're well, on with uh, Mike and Glenn. Good morning, Tom.
5: Likes places that let let her in.
2: Tom, are you Tommy. with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, what's on you're your on mind, the air, Tommy? Pal.
5: Yeah, I was up in uh, was up in Buffalo, October 2019. Those people were outstanding. Yeah, uh, nice. my my son had graduated from St. Bonnie's Bonaventure, and he played hockey with the Buffalo guys and the Rochester guys, and all the families were aces. We went up there on October 29th. They were great hosts. They didn't want the Eagles to win, which we did. Yeah, but yeah. they, you know, they said your team's going to lose here. Here's a, here's a jelly shot. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the Bills mafia was great. I, Glenn, they're, they're great people. Yeah, and, they uh, are. And just wanted to chime in on that.
2: All right, let's talk about tomorrow's game. What's your formula tomorrow?
5: You, you got to and, and I don't want to get beat up by WF. You got to play old-time football, okay? And that means you got you to gotta hit the D-line and wear them down. And then you could pass all day, bang, bang, shoot them up. But you have to put the pressure on the D-line and the linebackers to focus on the run. All right,
2: so let me give you an over-under. And we understand tomorrow's game is going to be weird, right, Tom, because the Giants aren't going to play their starters. So it could be, we hope, Eagles get a nice early lead rest, guys. Miles Sanders had, what did we say, 11 carries last week? 11 or 12. All right, Miles Sanders over-under for carries 13 and a half. What do you got?
4: Oh, way over. Way over, way over. I, I was t- up
5: there. I was up there in uh, in MetLife Stadium. We were singing. You know, we had to sing. Oh, that was a great game. Yeah. Songs, and 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 that was a balanced attack. They, yep. they you know, AJ Brown attacked. They didn't know where they were coming from. And it's forty some points. Yeah, it was
4: yeah, forty eight. It was 48. great. All right, All right, we
2: got you. Thank you. Thanks, so, Tom. 13, 13 and a half carries. Got? Yeah, I would take the under. I would
4: do. Yeah. I would take the under. Um, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't run the ball, it doesn't mean that they won't. I just think that uh I would take the under on that if if just because of the way they call plays and the way they think.
2: Uh here you go. Jalen hurts nine and a half carries tomorrow.
4: Ooh, that's a good number. I'll say ten. I'll take the over. Okay. Is that you feel good about that? No, I don't. But I'll take the over anyway. Okay.
2: Do I feel good about it? No, I f- do you feel good like <clears throat> you want to see that? Not do you feel confident. Do you feel good as in that would be a good thing?
4: I think it's a ne- necessary thing. I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it's a necessary thing. Gotcha. Let's put it that way. Okay.
6: 215 592
3: Yeah, He was able to communicate uh, in writing. Um, and he is uh, unable to speak with us yet, as he uh, still has a breathing tube in, and we're still assisting him with uh, ventilation. Uh, so the um, you know when he was communicating with us uh, last night and then again today, that's been in writing. And uh, you know to paraphrase uh, one of our partners, you know when when he asked, "Did we win?" The answer is yes. You know, Demar, you won. You've won the game of life.
2: Well, oh, that's Damar Hamlin's doctor at the hospital in Cincinnati. And, by the way, that's a couple days old because he is now speaking. Yes. And he did speak yesterday with teammates, FaceTime and with his uh, old friend. Miles Sanders. Yeah. You're going to have to punch him up because my thing is not working. Dr. Yeah. Mark Pollard from Cooper Bone & Joint uh, is with us today. And it's a, it's obviously, Doc, an important day to talk to you. Uh, and I know you've done sideline coverage for local sports teams and um, and must have education in what happened before, before we ask you about the specifics of this case, I'm just curious, have you ever been in a situation where a player on the field needed more than help for, you know, a torn knee or an injured arm or something, something like this where you, you had to use your old ER uh, techniques?
10: Um, uh, well, good day to you guys too. Um, And uh, luckily, no, Uh, you know, I haven't been in a, you know, I've been in a situation, you know, where uh, people have had to be put on spine boards and things like that, but uh, um, luckily, you know, not a situation where somebody's not breathing or their heart's not beating. Uh, But that being said, you know, in covering games, uh, you know, there's the responsibility of, you know, having to deal with that if it does happen. So preparations are made, uh, training is done. So that if it happens hopefully you know you can just fall into the routine of you know what you've prepared for to take care of it
2: and i mean i'm sure you've seen what happened up in that game in Cincinnati it was remarkable how quickly they attended to him and how they i mean f- figured it out and saved his life you know bing bang one two three
10: yeah and, and i mean that's the uh, the absolute critical thing with a condition like this is recognizing what's occurring as soon as possible, because every second counts, and uh, you know luckily for uh, for this young man, you know everything was in place it, it couldn't have happened in a in a better place than maybe if he was at a hospital already
4: Doctor, did you see it as it happened, and if you did, what did you think uh, was happening? you because you're gonna uh, look at this in a different way than someone like me or Glenn, who doesn't have the the trained eyes that you do.
10: Yeah, I'll be honest. I was uh, the, the, my kids wanted to watch the Sixers game, so that was on TV. But then one of them noticed on their phone that something had happened at the Bills game, so we switched over. And I think the the coverage they showed a, a re, the replay one or two times before they stopped showing it. And um, it was pretty apparent from what was going on that it seemed like it was a, a cardiac event. Um, you know, a guy stands up. Uh, takes a step and then just kind of collapses down without moving.
2: So it is the the, the technical name of this, and uh, if I pronounce it correctly, uh, incorrectly, please uh, correct me. Comodio cordis. Um, what is that?
10: Um, it's a, it's a very rare uh, entity. At least we think it's rare because God knows how many times it might occur that we don't recognize it. Um, but essentially, I think it's Latin for agitated heart. Um, as you know, the heart is a muscle and, uh, the heart muscle functions as a pump and its job is to pump blood around the body and that blood delivers oxygen, which is critical to the function and survival of the rest of the body. And the heart muscle uh, pumps in its way that it does based on some electrical activity that goes through it, uh, generated by the nerves and what happens uh, is that there's a blow to the chest right around the sternum or the breastbone and that happens at exactly the wrong time in that uh, electrical cycle that the heart goes through and it causes essentially the electrical cycle to go haywire you know you've gotten a cramp in your foot before Mm -hmm. you know that's the that's that's the muscles in your foot and obviously you're not bending your toes your muscles aren't working in a in a way that's accomplishing anything. And if that happens in your foot, it's uncomfortable and unfortunate, but if it happens to your heart, you know, that's an absolute emergency because the blood stops pumping. And so, you know, the, uh, uh the only treatment for it, or the, the, the real treatment is to restore the electrical activity. And luckily we live in an age where we've kind of figured out that those, uh, uh automated external defibrillators, those, uh, Uh, Little crash paddle things, um, Mm -hmm. which used to only be in hospitals, are now oftentimes in the community. And if that can be applied quickly enough, that can kind of restore the the blood flow. And in the meantime, of course, uh, CPR, uh, chest compressions are done to try to keep the blood circulating as best uh, as possible.
4: Doctor, there's been kind of this discussion since what happened Monday night about football and its violence and... Uh, the understanding amongst the people who play it that something traumatic could happen to them. Is this sort of thing, can you attribute it to football, or is it something that can happen in any sort of set of circumstances?
10: Um, the scary thing is that it can happen just about anywhere. I think uh, most of the reported cases are actually associated with baseball um, and, and a ball hitting the chest, you know, either mm. a catcher or a, a player gets hit at just the wrong time, and sometimes they're actually able to pick up the ball and make the throw, and then, you know, after that, they, they go down. Um, and so, you know, they've there was uh, some enthusiasm a while back with trying to put pads and chest protectors and things like that. I know when the, when the kids were in Little League, there were, you know, padded shirts that uh, they would wear. But unfortunately, to my knowledge, I don't think uh, any of those things have really uh, decrease this from happening. Now understand it's, you know, it's it's an exceedingly rare thing. You know, most people go their entire careers without uh, seeing anything like this, but, um, you know, I think the, the key thing is to recognize that it can happen and to be ready to immediately do what needs to be done.
2: Final question, Dr. Pollard. The good news is, uh, in this case, DeMar Hamlin's neurological function is intact. Uh, he is talking, he is alert, um, no more breathing tubes, is the upside, and I don't even want to ask you about whether he can return to football, but is the upside that he can resume his life uh, without any restrictions?
10: Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the odd thing about this. Um, You know, the sudden uh, cardiac uh, events like this in athletes – there's a couple of other entities, like uh, hypertrophic uh, cardiomyopathy, where the heart gets too big, mm-hmm, mm. is the leading cause. That was, I think, Hank Gathers back in the yeah. 80s, had that happen to him. Um, and then some people have, like, uh, congenital anomalies, where they're, the blood vessels in their hearts are kind of put together in, a, in an odd way that predisposes to problems. So this entity is not very common, and so what will happen, and I'm sure that it's happening already, There probably running a gamut of tests to take a look at the heart to make sure that there is no structural abnormality and when this occurs there really is no structural abnormality and so if everything checks out there's really no not really any reason that i know of to prevent him from returning to activity i mean i think you know the, the thing that worried me for the first couple of days was uh, uh, the that he wasn't talking because, you know, the longer it went without him like communicating, you worry about if there's some uh, damage to the brain because right. the brain mm-hmm. does does not deal well with lack of blood flow and oxygen at all. And so um, I think it's uh, it's marvelous that uh, he seems to be uh, doing very well. I mean, the hope is that he'd be able to return to return to full activities again. I don't know if he personally would make that choice. But,
2: yeah. Um, we'll will... see
10: how things go as we move forward.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really good news, Doctor Mark Pollard, Always appreciate it your expertise and your time. Thanks so much. Have a great week. Thank you, Doctor.
4: Uh, thanks
2: you too. All right, there you go. Good stuff.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why we bring on someone like Doctor Mark Pollard mm-hmm. is to talk about a situation like this one. All
2: right, let's go to our friend Clay in Kansas City, an hey, Eagles guys. fan from afar. What's going on, Hi, Clay. buddy? Hey. Thanks for the recommendation,
9: Glenn. That that musical is coming to Kansas. I just looked it up, and I texted it to my wife. It's coming this summer.
2: I think we're going go. uh, to so. go. There and you go. There come from away. See? Look at that. Yeah, Mike, yeah, I yeah. didn't think I would be able to persuade anybody to watch a feel-good musical about 9-11. I sold one.
4: L- ladies and gentlemen oh, of did. Philadelphia, if you see a man wearing a sandwich board outside the Kimmel <laughs> Theater yeah, selling anyway. you on a musical, you know it's it will me. be Glenn Macnow. That's right. Also,
9: I will say the thing about that show alone, because I've watched multiple seasons of it, the more you watch it, Mike, yes. you will get good at picking out who's going to win early.
4: Yeah, you, you know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm through the first—I'm uh, in season eight, and I'm, I think, nine episodes in, and there are 11 or 12 in the whole season, and they're down to their last four. And uh-huh. I'm starting to get a sense of who I think is going to be the last one standing.
9: You'll get better. Like, you'll be able to pick it in the second or third
4: oh, episode. Oh, wow. Sounds like a family betting pool. Crit- Could be. There's a way, yeah. There's critical decisions
9: and things that happen in the early parts of that show like getting a shelter yes finding a good uh, food source etc and not getting injured
4: yeah and yeah you'll
9: see that and you'll be like oh that guy's gonna win i, I had um, no idea
4: you could do so much with moss it was amazing <laughs>
9: uh, glenn glenn i couldn't survive for six hours so no please uh, yeah I, I wouldn't even try it yeah. um hey real quick on where's the my eagles, phone charger right. i wanted to make a comment on the eagles sure um I, I'm, I think Hertz is going to play. I actually think Gardner-Johnson is going to play.
2: Oh, Hertz is definitely going to play. Uh, Gardner-Johnson, yeah, maybe. Th- yeah, it's up in the uh, air, I, and I I'm really not, yeah, I would sure. like to see him play because he's such an important part of it. I want to see him get 20 plays under his belt.
9: I, I, I really feel like, you know, they talk about it's like a new season when the playoffs get here. I really just feel like go win this game, everyone take a breath, and we're going to be fine. Now, if we lose this game, I think we're going to go out the first weekend of the playoffs, I, I, which is sad because what a great season. But I really do feel like win this game, take a breath, get ready to make the run. All will not the air, guys. Go birds. Thanks,
2: uh, thanks so much. Thanks, Clay. I don't, it. I don't even want to consider the possibility that they lose this game. I mean, you're playing against the Giants' backups tomorrow yes. with an imperative to win, with a real motive. To, you
4: have a real motive to win. If they lose this game? <laughs> yeah. Here, Here's the thing I'll say to that, though, Glenn. The Eagles staggered into the playoffs in 2017 when they ended up winning the Super Bowl. There was a whole lot of concern yeah, Nick, because of Nick Foles uh, and can he play, can he not play. There were people suggesting, should the Eagles start Nate Sudfeld I, instead of Nick Foles? I remember. I will not name
2: those people, but I remember some
4: <laughs> of those people distinctly. Yeah, and it's also interesting to point out, uh, you know, we remember, if you're old enough, you remember 1980. And you remember beating the Dallas Cowboys to get to the Super Bowl for the first time. Mm -hmm. The Eagles lost three of their last four regular season games Mm -hmm. that year, including a game to the Cowboys in Dallas in the Mm -hmm. last week of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, So that team staggered into the playoffs as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not suggesting that it's always going to be well if they lose tomorrow, because I agree. I think if they lose tomorrow, all of a sudden, you know, the task before them becomes really, really difficult. But... You know, the fact that they're not playing great right now doesn't necessarily mean they can't make a run once the playoffs start. Good pep talk. I'm trying, man. Appreciate it. I'm trying. 215-592-9494. Coming up, we are talking to... Tom Rock from Newsday. Covers the NFL for Newsday. Had been the Giants beat writer. Had been the Jets beat writer. Now they're NFL columnist, friend of mine, good guy, smart guy. Looking forward to talking to him. Sweet.
2: Hey, if the cold weather has you thinking it's finally time to replace those old drafty windows and doors, there is no better time to make your home more energy efficient while taking advantage of Guida's Big Winter Sales Event. Now, the great people at Guided Door and Window, they are extending their Big Winter Sale through January by offering 40% off every window and door you buy. Receive 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window That also includes free, high-performance, low-E glass. And if you're in the need of a new door, you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Take advantage of Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans to get your project started with no money out of pocket. Offers for limited time only, so you must act quickly. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate at one 877 go or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com.